0: On the half forum, it is reading week for the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, no games this week, but we'll talk about what happened last week, and uh, we'll talk about maybe some of the off-season moves that need to be done. Uh, we're going to continue to talk about one prospect per week. This week, Dustin forgot how to post a poll on Twitter, apparently. So we're just going to talk about who finished second last week. Uh, I'm sure it's someone everyone's interested to talk about, anyways, or to hear about, I should say. And uh, as always, we'll, we'll recap this last weekend for the Rocket. I mean, not, not much change you would think with the results of their games, but they seem to have fallen a lot in the standings, unfortunately. So, let's get to it, Dustin. So, since our last podcast, a 4-1 loss against Chicago really didn't look good at all. But then, a, a very good win against Philadelphia. And they shootout win against Vegas that was kind of scary because they blew a three-goal lead and everything. So, once again, we don't know what to think about this team. <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, two games or two wins out of three games last week. Obviously, they've won four of their last five. Um, and interesting stat, before they won they won these four games in the last five, uh, or four games in the last five, they were nine points out of the playoffs. Now they're ten points out of the playoffs. Oh, wow. So, you win a four out of five, stat. and you're further out of the playoffs. That, that, so. that,
0: that is a fun stat. Well, that, that actually makes sense, because if you look at the standings, I mean, because of the reality of how the schedule is now and how every team gets a week off, a lot of teams have this week off actually. Uh, but some teams didn't. Seemingly, one of those teams are is the Rangers. Like right now, the Canadians are sixth, one point ahead. Well, not sixth. They're, they're for, much further than the sixth. It's just in the wild card standings, they're they're sixth. That doesn't include the division teams or whatever. I digress. They're they're only one ahead of the Rangers, one point ahead, but the Rangers have three games in hand. So really, what you have to look at. Is win percentage, so win percentage wise, the Canadians are barely above five hundred. So in a yeah. sense, it makes sense. Other teams are just catching up to our games played, and uh, we're gonna drop drop one spot by the time they play another game again.
1: So yeah, exactly. I mean, obviously, off for the whole week, they're not playing again till Monday. But uh, yeah, it was an interesting week. I mean, with some ups and downs. Uh, you know, we talked about it last week, where that the Canadians always have seemed to have this season trouble holding the lead, and obviously we saw that on Saturday.
0: Oh, definitely. I mean, the the Saturday game and the Vegas games since Patch has been traded to Vegas, all the games have been super exciting. That's true. And they've all yeah. been like it's it's like the second or third shootout game, and they're all high scoring games. And they actually they haven't lost to Vegas, I think, since. I don't think Patch has beat the Canadians since he left. And I want to talk about Patch quickly because the conversation on Twitter is always, I mean, former players get booed a lot. I mean, obviously, we know PK Subban gets booed by a portion of the fan base and cheered for by a portion of the fan base. A lot of people booing patcheretti and people on Twitter don't seem to think he deserves it. I mean, how do you feel about booing former players in general?
1: Uh, it's it's always it's always sort of a touchy subject. I would be I, I sort of agree a little bit more with booing patcheretti as opposed to booing Su, Subban. I mean, Subban, you know, I mean, I think it. I, I think he gets booed a lot just because of you know the people that that. Will always cheer for him regardless. Yeah, but at the end of the day, Subban isn't a guy that wanted to leave Montreal. He was he he wanted to be here, so I'm I wouldn't I'm not someone that would boo Subban. Patcharadi, on the other hand, he wanted out of the, out of Montreal. Absolutely. So so I can I, I can certainly understand why he would be booed by the by the fans.
0: I mean I can understand some people saying that maybe they don't like the aspect of booing and in, in general. And as far as that goes, at the end of the day the fans pay enough for the overpriced tickets if they want to boo boo away and if we're going to argue who deserves to be booed and who doesn't deserve to be booed as far as former Canadians players I think Patch Ready would be at the top of my list of players who I would boo I mean Booing is just for fun, anyways. <laughs> it's it's not like we want Patch Reddy to die or whatever. It's just you're at the game, you're having fun, and you're booing him, and it's funny. And maybe maybe it's getting him out of his game a little bit. Maybe it, it's motivating, maybe motivating him a little bit. But by the the last season of the Canadians, Patch Reddy could not care less about playing for the Montreal Canadiens. No, he, you're right. As far as being a captain, I mean, you you could see he was already over being a Montreal Canadian, and he denied. Having requested for a trade, but Bergman said he did. So, like, who who are you gonna believe there? I mean, I, I tend to believe Bergman personally.
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously he didn't. You know, he was obviously the captain of the Montreal Canadiens for quite a few seasons. He's ha- he had quite a few great years with the Canadians, but obviously, I mean, the way that he left.
0: But best goal scorer of the last you know, decade for the Canadians. Oh yeah,
1: Canadiens, for so. sure. I mean, he definitely was was one of the best Montreal Canadiens. Uh, well, well, probably of the of the millennium, I guess you could probably say, if, aside from maybe Carey Price.
0: I'm loving Carey Price for sure. Uh, what about Markov?
1: Yeah, that's true. Markov too. Yeah, you got to give it to him. But probably. but when
0: the team of the decades were coming out, he was he, he was the left wing. He would yeah. absolutely be yeah. there. Uh, I mean, it's not like on offense there's that much competition either. I mean, the center is Plakanis. I love Plakanis, but I mean, <laughs> yeah. th- if you tell me a team's center of the decade is Thomas Plakanis. I don't need to know more to know they didn't win a cup during that decade. That's true. You know? <laughs> like, he would have been a great maybe second-line, if not third-line center. Second. I think he would have been, in his best years, a good second-line center on a cup-contending team. But uh, for him to be the top center of the whole decade?
1: that's Yeah, not a good center. Uh, was there even
0: a, a center? Like, this is completely off track, but was there even a center in the last few years that even was just there for one or two years that would be ahead of?
1: You Maybe say, like, Dano. Like the way that he's played the last then, couple of years,
0: last couple of years and this year specifically, but you can't take like Danos at this point. It's like, oh, he's turning into a, a Placanus. Yeah,
1: basically. I, yeah, he hasn't he hasn't outplayed Placanus yeah, exactly. for sure. But uh, yeah, I don't think. Yeah, you're probably right. I don't think anyone's really come close to him. Down there, I guess, had a couple of good years. Yeah, I guess
0: down but... there would be the guy, which is almost even more sad. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, Patchery obviously has some great years in Montreal, but I see no issue. I have no issues with with booing him. Now, if you're against booing players in general, completely, that's a different conversation. Sure, but yeah, I'm I'm I'm, I'm fine booing patches, and uh, they're just fun games. I mean, it's it's they, they've kind of become a. I mean, I almost feel like they're a bit of a rival because their games are so fun in a weird way because I mean, they're an expansion team. It's always. <laughs> They still have a bit of that excitement, and then the former captains there, and and they, it always makes for for, for good hockey. And uh, Kovalchuk looked great again in that game, and that that shootout goal he wasn't didn't end up being the winner, but he just put Fleury to sleep. Yep, it was it uh, was, it was, it was fun- great. I just
1: I mean, three goals in his last two games. He's got what I think eight points in seven games now, or nine points in in, in eight games with the Canadians. I mean, what what can you no, say about eight, this eight, eight and eight eight, eight and eight? 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 Yeah. Yeah, I mean, what can you say about this signing that all that hasn't already been said? I mean, you know, you would you would have thought that obviously Gallagher going down the Canadians, I mean, uh, the season was already going way downhill. You figured once Gallagher went down that's wow, the Canadians were never going to win a game again until he comes back. And I mean, Kovalchuk has stepped in and uh, stepped onto the first line with Tatar and Dano and and he's
0: hasn't hasn't turned back. And seemingly taking on a bit of a uh, a leadership role Quickly for the Canadians, I think he, he he's great for uh for the kids for sure. But there's a an article that came out uh, earlier today on Sportsnet.ca saying that after they lost against Oilers, which made it eight losses in a row for the second time of the year, he took the whole team out to dinner downtown, and since then they've won they've gone that streak four out of five. I mean, clearly he's not just there. I mean, he like part of me is cynical and is thinking he signed such a. Nice contract, and he's doing all the right things because because he wants to just move to a contender uh, at the deadline, and he's making himself. I mean, he's not stupid. He's making himself a very attractive mm-hmm. asset for the Canadians. But at, at this point, part of me just wants to hold on to Kovalchuk for for next year because I, I I like going back to what we talked about earlier when they first signed Kovalchuk. It's too bad that he arrived at a time that was probably too late to make a real push for the playoffs. Mm -hmm. Because if if the Canadians added a Kovalchuk the way he's playing right now at the same time last year, that could have been the difference between them making the playoffs at that point. And that would make these games so exciting at this point.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. But now it's
0: like, ah, it's cool, we got Kovalchuk, but that's not going to mean
1: anything. Yeah, I mean, it makes the games a little bit more exciting. But, yeah, I mean, like you said, it's definitely too late at this point. I mean, even, like I mentioned before, even with this four-game wins, you know, eight points out of a possible ten, they're further out of the playoffs than they were to begin with.
0: Well, I think we were further of out of the playoffs than it looked like at first glance. Is is what it is. If yeah, you look at the yeah, winning percentage, Yeah, you're probably right.
1: Along with, yeah, because of the you know the the extra games played the Canadians have. Um, but yeah, it, it is unfortunate and definitely. I mean, if if you know you could have added a uh, added a guy like Kovalchuk last season at around the same time, then you're probably right. The Canadians probably do end up making the playoffs. I mean, they finished. I think what two points out of the playoffs? Yeah, last exactly. season. So I mean, you would definitely think that. Yeah, he probably would be. And yeah, I mean, he certainly is doing all the right things. I mean, like you said, like you said, the 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 story that came out about buying the whole team dinner um, in Edmonton. I mean, that's you know definitely what you want to hear. But I mean, you'd love to see every time he scores a goal, he just looks so excited. Yeah, and so pumped. I yeah. mean,
0: he looks like he's refound his, his joy. Uh, for, for for the game. So, so like wh- while we're on the Kolatch subject, we might as well bring up the uh, the question. So we got one question uh, from Twitter this week, mainly because along with the poll, Dustin also forgot to ask for questions. So we got one in time <laughs> for the for the podcast to start, and actually. Touches on Kovalchuk a little bit. so while Yeah, I was, I, was,
1: I was dealing with a bit of a cold this week, so I uh, kind of slipped my mind. But I gave it to him, so yep. there you go. <laughs> so we got a question from Kevin Rogers, so at K A Rogers 77 uh, Assuming the goal is to be a playoff team next season, why would the Habs want to trade Tatar or Petrie? I would only trade guys you don't see helping win next year. I also wouldn't trade Kovalchuk either. He may be worth bringing back next year, too.
0: Absolutely agree with everything said there. I mean, we did touch on this already last week with Petrie and uh, and Tatar. I mean, if if the goal is to be competitive next year, Petrie, above all else is a full stop. No. Yeah. So th- that's mainly why I don't think he's gonna he's gonna get moved. Um. So I mean, that's uh. It goes without. Like, it's obvious to me that Bergman wants to win next year. He thinks this is a lost season to injuries and other things whether or not you agree with that is something else. But if he wants to make the team better next year, that makes a lot of sense. The only guy I think might get moved, like we talked about last week, is Tatar, if someone offers something ridiculous. Yeah. Because of the season he's having and all that, that's just smart asset management. But Kovalchuk is the main question here. At this point, I, I would love to re-sign Kovalchuk and have him back on the team. Now, the thing is... He's probably playing for his last contract. He's not going to want to sign a 1-year deal. Yeah. We have to be realistic here. Are you willing to give him two even 3 years if it means he stays in Montreal?
1: Definitely not 3. Um I think two <clears throat> I mean two, one I think I mean goes without saying two, you know, would, would be a little bit tough. I
0: would absolutely give him two and I wouldn't right away say no to 3.
1: Really? <laughs> Depends on how much he wants too though.
0: Of course, he's getting less per year if he gets 3.
1: Yeah. But let's not forget. I mean, there's a, the Canadians have a lot of guys coming up that are going to be free agents in the next couple, in the next like season or two. Yeah. I mean, you know, we're talking about like guys like Domi at the end of this season. I uh, think in t- the year after, you're going to have guys like Gallagher and Dano come as free agents. So, and th- those are guys that are on pretty decent contracts right now that are definitely going to be in line for some pretty hefty raises. So, yes, the Canadians do have cap space this year. Lots of cap space. It's gonna get. It's gonna start to get a little bit more complicated in the next couple of years.
0: Well, it just depends, like you said, on how much uh, he he wants. If if he's if he if he's dead set on three years, and but he he's fine having like a reasonably priced uh, like amount there. I, I would consider it, but I do agree to. I'm not even gonna talk about one year. I see no reason for Kovalchuk to sign a one year contract. Yeah, you're he, probably right. He's just not going to sign one. So if we're going to be realistic about that it's going to be 2 years. And I'm fine giving him a 2-year contract because even if we're talking about the contracts that cuz this season there's Domi which is a big deal and, and Mete is, is is coming off his entry level contract. He'll he'll get a bit of a bump but it shouldn't it shouldn't be too crazy, I don't think. But uh the Canadians should be fine with, with to get Domi done even if they sign a guy like, a guy like Kovacchuk to have so much cap space. It's really like you said the following year We have way more people coming off. Then it's when we're going to start being a bit more complicated. But at that point, if Kovalchuk only has one year left on his contract, it shouldn't be too hard to move. Worst case, if you have to.
1: Well, I mean, it One depends year. on how he plays, too, right? I mean, if he keep, if he keeps it up, then obviously, yeah, it would be no problem to move him. But if, you know, he gets this two-year deal, and he re- re- regresses to what he was doing in Los Angeles.
0: But in Los Angeles, we talked about this before. Yeah, that's true. You he, look at his yeah, stats, he never no, even that looked that bad. And, like, he can't... Just watching him play, he looks reinvigorated, because he's seen that, like, okay, I'm in Montreal where the season's pretty much done, but... There's still a ton of people in the stands, mm-hmm. and they're still going nuts during the games. He 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 might be telling himself. I mean, before this he was in in LA, which LA has had his moments as a hockey market. But I'm sure if it's a team struggling, the the, the fan support isn't insane. New Jersey, same same type of deal. And he, he started his career in Atlanta, and then he's in the KHL. Mm-hmm. I don't know how it is there, but like, he's never been in a Montreal type environment, so. This might just be him being like, "Oh, I, I can live this for the last few years of my career." I, I like. Do you think he's just putting on a show? He's
1: no, like, no, I don't think he, so. He's but a great actor if he is. He's also never won a cup. He's also uh, if his I believe it was his agent had posted that yeah you know that he was loving his time in Montreal and that you know he wanted to to sign He didn't want to go back to the KHL. He wanted to stay in the NHL to win a cup. Does is Kovalchuk convinced? That staying in Montreal is going to give him a chance to win a cup. Probably not. That's the thing. So yes, I'm sure he loves playing here, but you know, it, does he want to resign? No, uh,
0: of course. So that's that's the thing. So Ber- Bergerman's job here at this point is to, is to figure out, figure that. Like you, I'd almost with Kovalchuk would want either to resign, resign him for like a two year deal before the deadline, or move him at the deadline.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, there might also have been a sort of a gentleman's agreement when he signed with the Canadians that, you know, there was an understanding that, okay, the Canadians probably aren't going to make the playoffs. Assuming that they aren't making the playoffs, that Bergevin told him, I'm going to move you to a cup contender if, you know, if the opportunity presents itself.
0: So then why did Bergevin sign him in the first place? Did he, did he still believe? Is that what it Maybe,
1: yeah maybe, very well that maybe he still still believed um you know I mean obviously Gallagher just went down he wanted to you know obviously Gallagher's best player on the Canadians wanted to hopefully get someone to, to fill in that fill in that spot in the lineup and at the same time I mean worst case scenario it's really not costing you anything it was seven hundred thousand yeah. dollars and potentially get an asset out of it
0: well one thing that might make it seem that maybe other teams would agree that the Canadians aren't that far. From being a contender, a guy like Kovalchuk might think that is. If we move on to the, the athletic player pool was released uh, earlier this week. Uh, they, they do they do it every year, and, and two Montreal Canadiens showed up very high in their respective categories. Number one in um, the goalie you would want for a game seven, I think, was the was the cal- yep. was, was how they called it, and with thirty three percent of the votes, Carey Price was number one, and best defensive defenseman. In uh, second place, Shea Weber. So these two players, obviously on long-term contracts with the Canadians, still with the Canadians long-term, within the players seem to be still extremely respected, as far as being winners. Like we were talking about Game Seven of a Stanley Cup, and Carey Price is still there, even though he's never been in that situation. <laughs> There's goalies in the NHL right now who have won in that situation, yep. and he got votes over them. So that makes me think that maybe a veteran like Kovalchuk, maybe maybe he's wrong about this, but maybe he sees Montreal as more of a potential Cup winner than they actually are in the next couple of years.
1: Maybe uh, I mean it could be as well. I mean you know if if they add a couple of pieces, if everyone's healthy again at the beginning of this season, I think if 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 they didn't have so many injuries, they would definitely be on the cusp of making the playoffs. I think at this point. So I mean if you know if they had you know I mean next year. All the kids are going to be a year older, a little bit more experienced, st- bigger, stronger. The, if they I, can maybe add an, an extra guy or two, keep Kovalchuk, uh, Kovalchuk, maybe get Romanov next year, maybe keep Scandella. I think we can make the playoffs next season.
0: I agree. However, the first eight-game lo- losing streak, Had we had an, are we are were we facing injury problems at that point? Uh, it yeah. wasn't that bad in the first eight-game.
1: Well, if I'm not mistaken, Drouin and Armia were still out at that point.
0: Drouin maybe had already gone down. So, like, Drouin, probably, yes. I don't think Armia, I-, I think maybe not for the full eight game losing streak. So, the team was, was really a Drouin out with injury away from being that <laughs> well, bad.
1: <laughs> I, guess, I guess that is sort of fair to say. Um, like, but the, I mean, this most recent one, I get it. Yeah, it's been
0: like yeah. a ton of injuries. But the first one, Drouin alone, the team should be able to survive that.
1: But again even when they were losing those games it wasn't like they were get like getting totally outclassed yeah. like again it was a lot of one game loss or uh, one you know one goal losses yeah. games where they were still competitive games where they were outshooting their their opponents so you know the, 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 I think the pieces are there they they just didn't get the bounces this year they you know they weren't able to to break those those, those the 2-8 game losing streaks but yeah, I, I definitely think they're a lot better than the standings than the standings show.
0: I think so, too. Uh, I, I think so, too. And they're, they're still, if we're going to be a contender next year, there's still pieces missing. I mean, if they don't trade Tatar and they sign Kovalchuk, I'm honestly fine with the forward group uh, going, going into next mm-hmm. year at, at that point the the issue remains defense. Now, this team with Scandella is that a good enough defense? Is, is Romanov going to be good enough to step in? The, like that's that that would remain the, the the big question. So then if you're if you're Bergevin and you're coming up on the trade deadline, we're in the same spot we are right now, like clearly out of the playoffs. What what are your moves then?
1: I think I think you could definitely move Tatar. So I think Petrie, I don't. There's, there's no, no replacing way. him. Yeah. There's no way, you know. At this point, I mean, obviously you have Weber as the first defenseman. Then after that, you basically don't have anything. You have Flurry. I don't. Who I don't really think is ready to step into a top four role. Mm. And then after that, I mean, you have Josh Brooke, who just spent the last two games playing forward in Laval. Wow. So he isn't exactly. He's probably not making the uh, the jump to the NHL next year. Um, As opposed to forward, I think, yes, Tatar has been amazing. He's been better than probably any of us have expected. Having a great year, a career year, but uh, I I think he's easier to replace. I think the Canadians have the forwards. um, If you're
0: talking asset management, too, it's the time to trade Tatar.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's
0: absolutely the time to trade Tatar. He will not have as good a year next year, I don't think.
1: His value is not going to get any higher. No, exactly. His value is higher than when um, Detroit traded him for a first, second, and third.
0: That was considered a bad trade even at the time by a lot of people. Yeah, I but would, I, 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 that, I wonder yeah. what they could get for for Tatar. For but yeah, no, I I agree with you. I mean, and it just, you can see, like, I feel like that first line being as good as it is, it just, it's, it's more a sign of how amazing Dano is as, mm-hmm. as, as a centerman, really, as a complete centerman. Not to take anything away. I obviously love Gallagher. He can just step right into any line and, and work. But, I mean, if, if Tatar were to be out and then that line became, like, Gallagher, Kovalchuk, and Dano, I think the line would be fine.
1: I don't know. I don't think Tatar gets enough credit. I mean, I think he is he, – he's really stepped up his game to another level. It's not – you know, not just the scoring. I think he, he he's a good – he's turned into a good playmaker over the last year. So, I mean, I think if the Canadians lost Tatar, it would definitely be a huge hit to them. But – I mean, I think the pieces are there. There's a lot of, yeah, I mean, we've, we've seen Lekin and really turn it on the last yeah. couple of games. I mean, I don't think, you know, he's probably not going to be a guy that's going to score 60 points ever for, ever in the NHL, but...
0: Lekin, you know, to me, looks like an, a perfect third-line winger. Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. give you some offensive opportunities and also be super reliable defensively.
1: But, I mean, aside from that, uh, I mean, even even getting guys like uh, like Paling, I mean, he's, he's had a lot of opportunities on the left wing, you know, is, does he maybe continue playing left wing maybe next year and maybe he can step into a to a top six role? And I think even on the free agent market, it's a little bit easier to find one of those top six, top nine forwards as I opposed so to too. you know a top four defenseman.
0: So would your move be signing Kovalchek?
1: Yeah, I think uh, again. I mean, three years. So if you I, sign I Kovalchek
0: at that point, it's a lot easier to move to Tar. But if that's what he ends up doing, yeah, if definitely. he gets if he gives it gets a two year contract for Kobolchuk. Giving him essentially the money Tatar is making right now, and then Tatar turns into like a bunch of assets. That would be amazing.
1: Yeah, it would have to be the right deal. And I think, I mean, the thing that's really good about Tatar, too, is that he still has another year on his deal at like, I think it's like five million.
0: Yeah, cap-friendly is not working right now, which is pissed me off. Yeah, and, I mean, really. the
1: Canadians could potentially even, you know, eat up some of that salary. True. And, then, I mean, that makes, like, if you're you're getting a guy that could get, like, 60 points for That's true. potentially $2.5
0: So he, he could be the best bang for your buck Definitely. available at the deadline, really, if the Canadians are... He's got to one more year, too. You're going to get teams that are right at the cap. They can't add anyone. And some of teams, those teams might already be talking to the Canadians, but they're telling them, we can't afford him maybe. right now, yeah. but by the time this date rolls around, then we'll be able to to fit him in, in our camp. Like so, Tatar could be a really, really valuable asset. So, uh, as much as if we're talking about being competitive next year, it would maybe hurt to lose Tatar. Mm-hmm. If you can get that good assets from him, he's replaceable. I, I, I've loved him in this time in Montreal, but that that might make the that could potentially make the Pacioretty trade. Just It's already ridiculous It's already ridiculous (laughs) And if he turns Tatar Into like that many more assets It'll just be
1: He's got another year on his deal And again if the Canadians were to retain 50% of that salary I mean a team's getting a a 60 point score For the rest of this this year and next year at Potentially like 2.5 million dollars You can get something really good for that. I mean honestly like a first round pick Like I'm thinking like a first round pick And a really good prospect
0: and if he turns that around that that that's just amazing and and i do think we uh we, we replaced attar at that point so I, I guess though the only other players we would move then at the deadline are really just like the bottom guys
1: yeah aside from that i mean yeah move a guy like thompson I mean, he's I
0: been on fire yeah,
1: cousins yeah i mean cousins would be a great guy to move too i mean i, I wouldn't mind keeping cousins for next year um but i mean whatever he yeah, is exactly. he, obviously he's replaceable.
0: whatever is exactly how i feel about it
1: but uh, yeah, I mean, I think uh, you know. I mean, obviously, you're not going to get uh, a whole lot for guys like Thompson and Cousins, but yeah, you know, maybe a third, probably yeah. more a fourth round pick. Yeah, but, yeah, but you know, you why not?
0: You never know; those guys turns into Brendan Gallagher sometimes. Uh, <laughs> so, to moving on to so, this, so like I, I think we we went in pretty in depth with with the questions. I, I mean, I I pretty much agree with everything Dustin said there. I mean, Tatarik has potential to be. Worth uh worth a lot there. So let's let's talk a bit more about the this player poll. I always find these very interesting because so 392 players were asked these questions. Uh, I don't have the the full article because I'm too cheap to pay for the Athletic. <laughs> but <laughs> uh, best player in the NHL. Uh, no surprise. Uh, Connor McDavid with 63, percent which is actually uh one of the answers that had the mo- the only only a few questions had more uh percentage of that as far as players go is the highest percentage I mean
1: it's probably be higher than that even to be honest with you McDavid
0: I mean I'm sure a lot of people because McDavid hasn't won they would still put Crosby uh, above him Uh, especially if you're a player that Won a cup thanks to Crosby and, and things like that. You have guys like 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 Malkin. If he was asked, he for sure said himself. <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that. He's just the type of guy he seems to be. Uh, so the, the, you got cases like that. Sixty-three percent is pretty high for it that. Type high, of, guess, that but... type of question. And if you watch highlights or any game that he's in with there's it's, it's no, no no shocker. He's he's uh, he's phenomenal. But so how do you feel? <laughs> I don't know if I actually agree with Carey Price being the Game Seven goalie. Oh, actually, the question does specifically say, aside from your own goalie. But, look, I love Price, but it's not like there hasn't... He, he's not a proven Game 7 performer. Well, he's
1: always the guy that seems to step up. I mean, he's... he Okay, obviously, he's never been in a Game 7 uh, for the Stanley Cup with the Montreal Canadiens, but he did win. He's got a gold medal for Team, for team Canada, where he played really good, got a shutout. In the game, in, yeah, uh, with, you know, with to the win, best defense the of all time. Yeah, well, he obviously doesn't have that with the Canadians. But if if he was playing for you know a, a Tampa Bay or St. Louis or you know whatever the Penguins, I'm pretty sure those teams would be would but, be in the Stanley Cup finals. The
0: guy that was number two, that I would just for this specific question, I still think Price is the better goaltender than him. But because of this specific situation, who, who is Marc Andre Fleury? It's hard not to argue that it's him. Like he's been in those games and he's performed really well. Yes, yeah,
1: yeah, definitely. It is hard to argue with uh, with flurry, but I mean, unfortunately, Price has never really had the chance. But anytime there is a big game for the Canadians, he usually steps up and has a has a big yeah. game. Like I mean, you know, I can't really think of any uh, any really bad. Performances where that he's had. I mean, obviously, it's been a while since the Canadians have been in the playoffs, but you know, he's he's had some really good performances for the Canadians. He's been really good for Team Canada, um, even in the World Juniors. You know, he won a gold medal for Team Canada, won the uh, won the Calder Cup with uh, with the Hamilton Bulldogs do when he, he was 19 years old. Do
0: you think maybe a lot of that is is, is those players voting for him the, the the players that were with him when he won the gold medal and the players that were with him. Uh, in in, in those situations.
1: I don't know about that. Maybe Maybe he did get some votes because of that. But there was a reason that he was the number one goalie for Team Canada. He's
0: been struggling this year. It's interesting that he's still viewed as maybe the most intimidating goalie. So do you think these players just entirely blame the Habs' defense? Probably. Well, these same players also (laughs) voted Shea Weber number two as the best defensive defenseman.
1: Well, it's not Shea Weber though. It's a lot. It's a lot of the other defensemen, guys like yeah, Ben I'm just saying Kula. It's
0: surprising to me that Carey Price is still It, it is by a little The, the first one.
1: It is. I mean, it. Yeah, I. I can agree that it is a little bit surprising that he's. Did he still considered the the top goalie? But I mean, with the pedigree that he has, I mean, again, he just won. Well, he won in what year was it 20, 2014? It wasn't. No, no, I'm talking about the gold medal Yeah, it was 2014 in Sochi And, uh, you know, if if the pros uh, go back to the next uh, Olympics I mean, he'll probably be the number one goalie again And, I mean, there's a reason that he's the number one goalie for Canada
0: Is that this year? No, it's
1: 2022
0: Okay, yeah Maybe, would he be the number one goalie? I guess so I think so Yeah. Yeah, I think so, yeah I and know, he has the proven kind of like he's, there he's been there. All right, so he's
1: I'm, and he's picked ahead of guys like Braden Holtby, Mark Andre Fleury. Sure, no,
0: of course, no. no. I I don't. I so still, I still love Price. Don't get me wrong. And I'd love to see him in, in front of a more comp- competent defense and see see what he can do. So so the next category, and I hate who won this category. I feel like he wins every year. or He's at the top every year, so it means it, this isn't true. Most underrated player, Barkov with twenty two percent. Every year he's at the, okay. He's not underrated anymore. Everyone's taught, always taught, like, it, "It's just weird to me." Like, I would like a, a lower kind of level player to, to. get I think that. it's
1: just because of the market that he plays in. Yeah, I, maybe. I, isn't Huberdeau second?
0: Uh, I don't have or the third. the whole rankings up yeah. here, yeah, but yeah. yeah,
1: Jonathan Huberdeau was second or third. So um, yeah, I mean, I think everybody, anyone that anyone that knows hockey yeah. knows how good Barkov at the, is at this point. yeah. It's just that you never you never really hear him talked about
0: that's true maybe maybe he doesn't have as many flashy plays but the Florida thing is the main thing for sure like if Barkov yeah. played for the Leafs or for the Canadians or for any Canadian team for for that matter he he would not be on this uh, list at all and as far as Canadians <laughs> players on this list not in any of the top five or anything but in the kind of players mentioned so we don't know exactly how many votes he would have mm-hmm. got Philip Danu which I love seeing like, yeah, yeah, definitely. Because yeah. I would one hundred percent agree with that. He just gets better and better every year, and he's the players voting for him, are the players that have to play against him, exactly all the time. Yeah, they so, they they know how much of a pain he is to play against.
1: Exactly. I mean, definitely not not a surprise to me. Um, that he was paid. Honestly, I could have even thought that he maybe would have got a couple more votes, but yeah. but uh, no, I mean, not not surprising at all. And uh, and good to see definitely Price get the top spot and
0: Weber get the uh, up there as well. Uh, yeah, so that, uh, Weber's the next one. So he finished second to uh, Victor Hedman with uh, with 10%. So that just shows players still have a ton of respect for uh, for Shea Weber. What's kind of frustrating for me when I look at it, it's been a really long time at this point, so he probably would have moved on already anyway. But Ryan McDonough is number three on that list for best defensive defenseman. And I I still get mad about that that trade. (laughs) It's like, it's not one of those situations where we traded a prospect who we weren't sure he was going to be that good and he turned out to be good. Everyone, there was this rumor that Trevor Timmons wanted to quit when he found out that they moved McDonough. Like, everyone knew he was going to be a legit NHL defenseman. And it was, and like, we've talked about it before, and it was to get Gomez, and then we signed Camilleri and Gianta because we got Gomez and blah, blah, blah. I don't care. That was a... Horrible trade, and for years later for him to still be number three on a list like this is just so frustrating.
1: oh definitely. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously a lot of ink has been uh, has written has been written about that trade and how bad it's been. You know how how we you know I mean definitely we wish that we could have Ryan McDonough on the team right now and I mean, not even just right decade, now like a few years ago when yeah, we had no, the playoff sure. runs
0: and he could have been playing next to PK Suman, we still had Andre Markov I mean, that could have changed yeah. the whole dynamic of the that defense at that point but I mean it, yeah. it, how
1: it was, you know, how would the how would the Canadians have turned out with Ryan McDonough in the lineup I mean who knows who knows whether, where they would be right now but
0: right, and so best ref was seventy one percent Wes McCallie not really right.
1: real. yeah I think that's it's accurate. <laughs> is, is he
0: the one that does those funny calls? Yeah. yeah okay, yes. all right. I agree with
1: that. Yeah, he's the only the <laughs> only ref I, I don't hate. So. Yeah,
0: exactly. And the 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 one who got the, the most hated ref, there was a, a great quote about it. And it, oh, well, wait, what's his name? I'm forgetting here. So, worst ref, uh, Justin St. Pierre with 42%. And one of the players that voted for him, so they stayed anonymous, so we don't know mm-hmm. who it is. So something along the lines of, I hate voting for him because I know he's gonna be happy if he wins. <laughs> <laughs> and that just says so much about how players feel about uh, about about this ref. So just that's just that's just funny to me. Uh, and uh, next one here This is a fun question Which player Not on your own team Would you most like To have a beer with I 100% agree With who wins this one Ovechkin at 14% Oh yeah I For mean, sure We all saw How he <laughs> celebrated The cup win I mean that would be, I, it'd be Maybe I wouldn't survive it though. That's that's the one thing <laughs> uh, Just going quickly Your outdoor games Too many Not enough Just right uh, Just right wins With 58% I, I wouldn't expect this to be maybe too many. I, yeah. I, I always feel like maybe players don't like it. Maybe some players do like the kind of... the gravitas or whatever that, that those games have. So, I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm fine with it being just right, too. I don't care well, How many that is,
1: How many... Like, I feel like a couple of years ago, there was, like, non-stop outdoor games. Yeah,
0: yeah. I think now there's, like, two, maybe three. I think that's good. I think yeah, that makes fine. sense. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, do, you pay it, <laughs> do you pay attention to advanced stats? Now, this is the, by far... Highest percentage. With 86%, no. <laughs> and uh, I mean, I'm talking
1: about players. Like, for sure uh, they yeah, don't care.
0: I, for sure. And they're all about, like, the eye test and all that. And I'd be curious to see, though, the, the age difference. Like, I wonder if younger players coming in now maybe.
1: Like maybe a little bit more. I think like... they
0: would though, because they're coming out, coming up with coaches that pay attention to advanced mm. stats, and, and maybe like they have more of a. Respect. Because even within coaches and and even some older analysts, a lot of them still don't don't care about it so much, right? So I I can see the number shifting. I, I do think it's pretty funny that eighty six percent just don't care at all. <laughs> yeah. Not that surprising. And uh, if you could remove one rule, which one would it be? Sixteen percent. So I mean. Uh, Seemingly, there was a lot of close votes here, but I'm, I, I'm not going to look for the other ones. But with 16%, the winner was no more puck over glass penalty. It is pretty stupid. It is stupid. <laughs> the, the, my thing with it is that, like, ideally, it would only be a penalty if it's on purpose, but then that puts too much in the hands of the ref to, yeah, to you make can't, that call, so yeah. you can't really make it. Like, there was a way of knowing if they did it on purpose, because... It, it, it's such an easy way. I mean, obviously you would, you would have it. So the face off has to be in the defensive zone, but at the end of the game, why aren't you just like throwing it out of the zone? I don't know. It's, I don't know how I feel about it. It's, is it that hard to not shoot the puck over the glass? Well, it always seems to happen yeah, at the worst does, time. It does always seem to happen at <laughs> the worst time. So, yeah, so those are the questions. I mean, that was interesting to see. It's good to see some, uh, some Habs fans still, uh, uh, still, still up there. So moving on from that, uh, did you get another question on on Twitter? No, since, that was it. Since you posted it, all right. So for the prospect of the week this week, uh, like I said at the the beginning, Dustin didn't do a poll, so we're yeah. gonna talk. I about Again,
1: I was sick because of someone.
0: Sure, <laughs> he was sick because of me. They're gonna they're gonna have, yeah, start no rumors as to why I got oh, you sick. <laughs> we just spent too much time together. It's nothing else. So second last week was someone we probably won't get, but still fun to talk about. Lafreniere.
1: Alexis Lafgan. Yeah. yep, obviously the easy choice for number one overall this year. Um, I mean, if if there were any questions about it before the world Juniors, he obviously destroyed all those all those questions.
0: Absolutely. I mean, seeing him play in the world junior and first of all, just at his age, like, like not not very often does a player dominate the tournament at that age. And he absolutely did do that. When he missed some games, it was very noticeable. And it's just, he uh, had obvious pressure on his shoulders before the game, as a 17-year-old, before the, the World Tour, and he just stepped up. And th- that that's the most impressive part to me. And I have no doubt that he's going to step into the league and be a game-changer immediately. Oh, absolutely.
1: Absolutely. I mean, he's, he's been killing it. I mean, this is his third season now in the queue. I mean, he's been killing it. Ever since he stepped into the league, you know, playing on one of the best teams in in the queue right now, uh, Ramuski. And I mean, they've been they've been one of the top teams over the last since he's been there, really. Uh, I mean, you know, he scored eighty points in sixty games as a sixteen-year-old last year. As a seventeen-year-old, getting over a hundred points, one hundred and five points in sixty-one games, absolutely ridiculous for a seventeen-year-old. And this and this year, thirty-six games, seventy-eight points, crazy. Crazy stats. I mean, he's he's obviously going to be a game changer. He's going to step into the into the league right away. I mean, he's. Uh, when was the last time that we had a first overall pick this good? Well, I guess probably Dalene actually, which was only two years ago. Oh, yeah. But like, yeah, is or this this good of a forward? I mean, probably McDavid. I mean, probably he's McDavid. definitely way. Uh, in my opinion, at least, he's definitely way better than Jack Hughes. That's that's for sure.
0: It's it's early to say, so it's it's hard. But he seems to have way more kind of going for him going into this, and a lot of people like almost don't want to talk about the possibility of Lafranier. But like like I talked about last week, it's not a one in a million chance, sure. as it is right now. The Canadians have a six point five percent chance of getting it, and, and and realistically, of all the possible prospects, he's he's in the batch that It's it's possible to get. you never know, and it's and it's fun to speculate. And I, I said I'd do it before we talked about the prospect last week, but I'll do it again today. I'm a sim the lottery. Let's see if we get LaFreniere. I'm just gonna do it once. <laughs> oh, we got him! We actually <laughs> got him. Yeah, there you go. We jumped six spots. Uh, I mean, I have no visual proof for the listeners on the podcast. <laughs> but on the on the podcast that we talked about LaFreniere, I do the sim lottery uh, simulator, and uh, we 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 got him. So you it's possible. first overall pick. There first you go. overall pick. So it
1: is possible.
0: It is possible. So we can absolutely get him. Oh my god! I, I got mean... so excited. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Too bad that wasn't the real life. I know, right? Uh, uh, let me give that, how, yeah. how big of like a deal would that be to Montreal?
0: Dude, I remember when it was a lottery for uh, Sidney Crosby. And mm-hmm. I don't. I think it might have been done over the holidays because I remember being at like my aunt's place or something. No, it was done over the summer. Also, maybe it was near like St. Jean-Baptiste or something. I, I don't oh, know. It could I I could I, I uh, be. I was with family for some reason, and they were doing something, and I could not care less, and I was on my knees inches from the tv losing my mind (laughs) no one in my family understood what was going on like even the hockey fans they don't really get what was going and the canadians hadn't been selected and they how how the franchise would have changed and they ended up fifth concrete price still really really exciting but to get like it's it's like it's meant to be he's the best quebecer in ages the drafts in montreal just it has to happen please <laughs> <laughs> it
1: would be it would be so amazing i mean obviously i mean the pressure that would be on him though as an 18 year old is just i mean like See, you said though i would though, be worried had, about that if yeah. it wasn't for the world juniors it well exactly that's what i was going to say he had so much pressure on him on, on, honestly, I mean, the Team Canada wasn't... Re- they shouldn't have won the gold medal this year. Yeah. They really well, didn't have that skilled of a team. But Lafreniere just stepped up, and at the biggest moments... Like, he had 10, 10 points in 5 games. It's not like he padded his stats against, you know, the weaker teams either. He stepped up and had his best games against the best competition. Yeah. Well, and well, at, when at, we needed a goal, moment. he was there to... The exactly. He goals, was, yeah. you know, he was the reason, you know, that we beat the U.S. I mean, he's... The way that he stepped up, I mean, really goes to show just how good. I mean, obviously, there's a big difference playing against under twenty year olds and then stepping into the NHL. Of course, but that's it's still a huge pressure to play in that tournament, especially here in Canada. And uh, yeah, I mean, I think you know it's going to be tough, obviously, obviously with the Canadian media if he does end up getting picked by the Canadians. But I mean, I think he's he's got the tools.
0: So, what exactly does it mean? Because the thing with with is that he seems like the type of player and considering the situation and this is the type of thing I'm going to say that the media is going to say that will put ridiculous pressure on him but this is something that doesn't just change the team it changes the city like Bro, to man. have a star like that on your team a hometown boy as far as being from Quebec it just the, the whole environment of, under, uh, around the Canadians and it's just like Lately, with the Canadians, there's been a few seasons of them struggling. So you're not talking like the, the the casual fans at work aren't really asking you too much about the Canadians. They're kind of yeah. going by the wayside side. The, only the, the the biggest fans are really following really closely the team. But this would make it like like how it is in the playoffs, where there's a constant buzz in the city. It would be like that for the entire seasons. Yeah.
1: Oh, definitely, definitely for sure. I mean, the, the next season, forget getting tickets. Like, yeah, be no, awesome. oh god, no absolutely. Yeah, I mean, uh, and I mean, honestly, with Lafreniere You gotta think that the Canadians are Pretty close to being
0: a cup contender I mean, so The only team that has completely Failed into building a team around one of these Elite players has been Edmonton with McDavid But if, if you have smart Management around it, like you get a guy with that skill, you should be able to build a cup to ten- contender around.
1: Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, I, I don't think he's going to be on the same level as McDavid. I mean, McDavid is just on a yeah, whole, yeah. a whole other level. But he's definitely, you know, he's he's got franchise player potential. So and... you think if
0: we replace Tatar with that yeah that's a good move. They yeah, can I yeah. think that's a pretty good move. Yeah, that's pretty yeah, solid. I, I would do that. Yeah. Oh man, I hate that the simulator gave us the first. Time. <laughs> I'm so excited, like it already happened right now. <laughs> Oh, man, I, I would lose. My, it would be the most exciting. Like, I don't really remember the cup win in 93. I don't know about no, you. No. I mean, the, 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 the most vivid memory, early memory have of the Canadians is honestly Hua leaving. Yeah, yeah, me too. Which, which is why I've never been that big a fan of him, honestly, because I'm <laughs> like, he just, he represents the team being shit for my entire childhood. But this would be the biggest moment as a Habs fan.
1: Oh, yeah. Just, oh, yeah, just yeah, winning sure. the lottery. Yeah, that'd be crazy. And I mean, hopefully in a few months we'll be doing a podcast about the Canadians just oh, winning. The lottery. That, that,
0: that'll have to be our first drunk cast. I think <laughs> it'll be it'll it'll be it'll be a party. I mean, I, odds are we won't get him. I mean, it's 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 more likely uh, that, but I mean, it's possible. And but it's as just, we just saw, it is possible. It is as we just we'll saw. I, I, unless my computer is listening to me and this Tankathon website just did it for me. Hey, it's just, it's possible. So, I mean, we'll, we'll see. So, moving on before I get too excited to talk about Lafayette <laughs> when we eventually don't get him. Uh, last thing to finish off, here: the Rocket. 1-1, one, lost one, and now our second-last division.
1: No, they're not second last. Is they're, that no. what you said? <laughs> no, that's not what I said. No, they're in the playoffs. Well, they're tied with for the last spot in the playoffs. Oh, <laughs> see,
0: I don't really listen when you talk.
1: So. <laughs> yeah, so they, so they won one last one uh, over the weekend in Manitoba. The,
0: my intro made no sense then. I should have. I, yeah, I was wondering been, what the hell you were yeah, talking. Yeah, about. Uh, well, whatever. Uh, it's so, okay. anyway. No one else listening knows what's going on with the Rocket either. <laughs>
1: so, big win on Saturday. Caden Primo, Optimus Primo gets uh, another shutout this season. The third? Uh, I believe it's third, third or fourth, actually. Right. Uh, yep. So a great, uh, another great performance by him.
0: Uh, that's the main thing we want to see in, in Laval, right? Yeah. Exactly,
1: Primo playing good. Uh, then on a Sunday, Caden uh, or Keith Kincaid hit the bed, so they lost. They got blown out pretty bad. Um, one I keep interesting forgetting about Keith Kincaid. I know it's too bad. Hopefully, they can figure something out and get Michael McNiven. Just went to his third ECHL team of the season, so he's traveling. Um, I'd like to see him in Laval. Is it then.
0: happening finally, the Trois-Rivières thing, or is it not happening? Because wasn't there more news uh, about
1: it? I mean, right now, it's, the Canadians officially said that they wanted to do it Okay. Um, so it's sort of, I mean, it's not only an ECHL team Apparently Trois-Rivières potentially looking at um, a, a team from the Q Moving to Trois-Rivières And even actually, they're using it for, for their university which was kind of like you would think there's no money in that. Why would they want to do that? But anyway, so, I mean, we'll see how it's going to play
0: out. Hopefully it does end up happening. So there would be both an ECHL ECHL team and Oh, no, it's going to be either or. Either or, right, yeah. And I think I'd be more excited for a Q team than an ECHL team.
1: Yeah, it's, it's sort of a tough call. Yeah, I don't know. Is it? Yeah, because I mean, a Q team, you know. I mean, you know, you have all the hometown boys, and let's be honest, the ECHL team.
0: How many real prospects go exactly. through the ECHL? E- exactly. So, the main reason I want an ECHL, ECHL team for the Canadians yeah, is for a situation like McNiven right yeah, now, yeah. which is just a
1: terrible situation for us. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, hopefully, hopefully it does happen. It would be very good for the Canadians organization um so again they lost on sunday so they are tied right now for the fourth and final playoff spot with toronto uh, toronto does have one less game played though uh, but very close right now they have actually a big game tomorrow against syracuse uh, syracuse crunch who are in, currently in uh in sixth if they lose that then syracuse ends okay. up uh, jumping up as well um so hopefully they can keep it up interesting thing though uh, well i think Sort of mentioned it before. Josh Brook, two game. He actually last weekend he was a healthy scratch, two out of three games, and this week two the two games he played both games, but played as a forward.
0: So, so w- was anything weird. said about that? By like, are they trying something out, or is it just they needed a body at forward?
1: Yeah, they just needed a body at forward. So he was actually supposed to be apparently a healthy scratch at first, but uh, one of the one of the players uh, was sick at the last moment. I forget who now who who the player was. that was sick. Uh, but anyway, yeah. So we ended up playing 40. He did score though. So. Oh really? <laughs> score.
0: I, I mean, not a great sign for uh, his. No, definitely dev- not. Yeah, not really
1: what you want to see. I mean, especially on defense right now. Like, there's not. Especially on the right side, there's really not much in the way of prospects there. And then you see guys like Christian Folleen getting more time than him. Not really what you want to see. No, no,
0: def- definitely not. It's a. It's definitely another. Case of you calling it though after Kale Fleury. I mean, it's not yep. like Josh Brook's career is over or anything, no, but it's not looking know. great so far. I mean, we did draft Markov as a as a center, and he turned into a defenseman. So that's true. You never know. So yeah, you but, never know. Uh, I mean, he turned into a defenseman much earlier. I'm assuming in his yes, as far as Markov goes. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah.
1: but uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, certain you know certain people, uh, big names on Twitter that said uh, that questioned me for saying Fleury would be in the NHL before Brook and here we are. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you,
0: you're definitely right about him uh, progressing quicker uh, than Fleury. I mean, I'm not willing to give up hope completely on him yet. Uh, yeah. it's, but it, it's really not that shocking. Really, it's about if he's going to be willing to put in the work to turn into a yeah, well, Yeah, I think
1: that's that's has a lot to do with uh, his usage over the last two weeks. I think Joel Bouchard wanted to send a message to him. Yeah, and...
0: Joel definitely seems like a no-nonsense kind of coach that if yeah. he's not feeling like you're putting in the work, maybe, maybe Josh thinks he's already better than the AHL and I don't want to assume anything but uh, we'll uh, see I
1: mean I mean I think at this point you know they they want to put their best lineup on the ice to try to win or try to make the playoffs right now so we'll see how it plays out Yeah,
0: I'm sure even from from management at at this point the the message is all right. focus on winning don't worry too much about like the young players and all that because for the young players it would be good to go on a bit of a, a winning streak so all right, so that that's what it is for uh, for this week. I'm not sure when we'll do the next uh, episode because I mean, there's only one week, one game in the next week.
1: Uh, yeah, maybe yeah, maybe next week we can do uh, do another one, but do a bit of a shorter one next week.
0: And maybe this time we'll actually uh, up yeah, a poll we'll actually do a poll this time. <laughs> to, and ask some questions and, uh, and, and, uh, and all that. And I, 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 we've already passed the midway point of the season, right? Yeah, uh, we can
1: maybe uh, maybe do some a uh, bit of a review of the of uh, the first half maybe uh, give away some mid-season awards?
0: Well, I was. we should go back and look. I mean, I don't know why we're discussing this on the podcast, but we should go back and look uh, at <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, the, predictions, the predictions yeah, and, and how, how those are. I do not remember them at all, so we'll have to...
1: Well, if you guys have any suggestions for uh, what we could talk about next week, seeing as the Canadians aren't playing this week, uh, let us know. So follow us on Twitter, at the Habs Forum. You can send us a message. You can also follow us on Facebook, and, uh, and again, send us a message on either or. And we'll get back to, you and we'll uh, we'll mention your comments or questions on air. All right,
0: thanks for <laughs>